Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks bank, 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 Hello and welcome to Hanks Bank, uh, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks's entire IMDb. I am Jamie Loxton and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Guten Morgen, <laughs> Al Gillespie. You're waiting for me to say, say hello, Al, oh, well, aren't you? 100%, but if you're not going to say it, Jamie, like we learned from last week, <laughs> I'm just going to start saying hello to myself anyway because I love myself, okay? Self-love, Self-love is, important. is important. It is important. <laughs> I'm glad we can both agree on that. <laughs> How have you been this week? Uh, fine. What day is it? Is it? It's I was about to say it was Tuesday, but it's a Thursday. Thursday yeah. Uh, Begins oh. with a T and ends in a Y. So yeah. Well so really not a great week. Um, here's a fun thing that did happen to me because I am telling everyone I know. Yeah. Um, I won £540 bar tab in a pub quiz this week because they have a final question that's sure. like a ridiculously tough like number question yeah, yeah, that hope- rolls over every single week and it goes up like £10 every single week. Um, now, Al, you have in the past made fun of me for being um, a, a huge football fan, I, have you not? I think uh, myself and some other of our friends have all agreed that if we ever formed a government, you would be the Minister of Football. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, which is not a position, but you would create well, it for well, yeah, me of course. because I'm such a huge football fan, which I'm not. We just hang around with a bunch of theatre nerds ah. and I'm the only one who vaguely <laughs> likes football. Now, having said that, this question for which I won £540 was... How many players have scored in the Premier League this season? Which I got right, and I shouldn't. And maybe I, maybe I am a football savant. That's, maybe I should it's, it's lean into possible. this. Have you considered a career not in playing football, uh, but in managing it? You know, <laughs> have you seen the film Moneyball? You could be the Jonah Hill <laughs> of football because I know how many people. I didn't it's even a, know it was a guess. Well, Let's how many was it? It was at the time two hundred thirty-seven. What's it now? Uh, I don't know now. So I can give my my logic. My logic was that there yeah. are twenty teams in the Premier League. Sure, I assumed more or less twelve players per team. So that's two hundred and forty. Quick maths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just took three off. I was just like, oh, it's not going to be a round number. That'd be dumb. <laughs> Let's take three off. And yeah, got it bang on. It was so. That's been the highlight of my week so far. I assume you got an A star in your O level GCSE. Uh, I did, I did. I also did uh, maths at A level, um, ooh, and ooh. I also got an A. I would like to say this is the second time I brought that up on this podcast. I mean, it's a bit of a brag. Okay, <laughs> sure, why not? Apparently, I'm I've very got, proud I've of got it. A degree in <laughs> maths. Al. That's what A level counts as. It's a minor degree. Um, um, but yeah, that's what's going. What, anything going on in your life before we carry on? Uh, I'm off. To America next week, which will be yes, fun. Yes, that'll be fun. So we are, this is now, to give context for our listeners, yeah. um, 
the last episode we recorded about four days ago. Our next episode we are recording in about three days because Al is off on holiday. Uh-huh. So if by next episode we're seeming a bit like burnt out and it tired of each other. a little bit forced. <laughs> I'm like, I, hey, Jamie, then that's not just that's, normal. That's an accurate representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Jamie, why don't you explain the concept of this show? Oh, just for new oh yes, for any new listeners. Uh, the concept of the show is, of course, that we are chronologically reviewing Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. The slightly more complicated concept is that aliens have invaded and demanded that we prove our worth to them so that we can join the United States of Space. We have decided to do that by showing them the works of our greatest human. We have chosen to do that through the works of Tom Hanks, but we couldn't show them all of Tom Hanks' works, as it would take far too long. They'd get very bored. They'd probably kill us before that. Mm -hmm. So we are reviewing his entire IMDb and deciding which one should go in the Hanks Bank, the collection of Tom Hanks' works that we are going to show to the aliens to prove our worth and join the United States of Space. Now, I think that might not be the most concise description we've ever had. it is the best. It's the most consistently I've gone all the way through it without pausing or having to think about yep. what the stupid concept so of the well show is. So well done. I'm in getting episode better. episode seven and yeah. it's starting to become a <laughs> yeah. professional production Episode here. seven, I'm finally understanding exactly. the concept of this show. So Squarespace, if uh, you are afraid <laughs> to give us some ads, feel free to give us all the money. <laughs> we will shield your products. No problem yeah. at all. Uh, but Jamie, before we go into the show proper... Yeah. Um... I need you to pass me the envelope that says uh, top secret. Yes, you... Wait, (laughs) okay. Wait, no, no, no. I'm not going to hand it to you because I would like to explain what's happened here. Sure. I was... I was given a an envelope by you before the episode that said top secret. I assumed that would mean in the episode you would say, Jamie, can you open the envelope that says top secret? Not, can you hand me the envelope that you already gave me back to you? Well, Jamie, I wanted, it make, I wanted to make it seem like I was important and had a secretary and you were my secretary. So thank you very much. Ah, uh, secretary Loxton, lovely. It's, uh... Lovely. To be ashamed of. Um, right, that's the sound of me opening this up. Oh, lovely uh, foley artistry oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I just need to uh, take out my historical notes first because yep. I had stupidly put them in there before I did the thing. Nice. And I'm going to pass this over. Now, Jamie, I'm like passing it back. <laughs> we both get one. Okay. And if you want to turn this over, uh, I've written oh a short God. radio play. It's called An Apology. Now, Jamie, you'll be playing two characters. Okay. Okay. I will be reading the stage directions. Okay. And uh, playing the character called Al. Okay. And you'll be playing any other character you see in there, okay? Okay. So we're just going to, right now, we're going to give really kind of raw reactions. Okay. Uh, and we're going to have a read of my radio play. Do you, okay. Does that seem okay? Yeah, that's fine. Once again, it's called An Apology, and it's a short radio play by... A.D.C. Gillespie, That's as good. you've uh, decided as yeah. your writer name. Why not? Okay. So, uh, I, again, I'll be doing stage directions and playing myself. A bar, 1983. Steven Spielberg sits alone <laughs> at the table, <laughs> sipping slowly from his can of... Stella. <laughs> he looks dishevelled. Annoyed. A man walks over. We can't see, but he sounds like he'd have a really cool moustache. <laughs> his name is Al. Steven... Uh, oh, fuck, American accent. Uh, yes? <laughs> Great. Uh, I wasn't sure I was in the right place at the right time. Sorry, do I know you? Uh, no, I'm a fan. Right, well, nice to meet you, if you wouldn't mind. I, I've travelled really far. So you're me. a stalker? No, I mean, I travel through time to be here. Oh, so you are a wackadoodle stalker. I can prove it. Uh, hey, can you call the police, please? 
No, no, please. Look, in the future, I have this thing called a podcast. A what? It's like a radio show that 20 people listen to where you talk shit about popular culture you aren't qualified to talk about. But that's beside the point. See, a couple week ago, weeks ago, I took some pop shots at you. But they were factually inaccurate, and I want to apologise. What did you say about me? I said you made a film called 1942, and that it was set in Nazi Germany, and was a huge flop. You actually made a film called 1941 that was set in America, although there were definitely Nazis. It was still a flop. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me, asshole. Why couldn't you apologise in your own time? Because this provides a useful segue into talking about the historical context of the show. And let me tell you something about Ronald Reagan. Football, 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 football. Jamie has walked into the bar. He has a day's expression that belies a deep seated rage. Football, 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 football. Ja- Just one second, Jamie. Football, football, football. I was just trying to explain to Mr. Spielberg about why Ronald Reagan was a bit of a dick. Football, football, football. As always, I. Guess I must defer to your experience. Back into the time boat we go. And with a bang and a toot toot. Toot toot. They're gone. Off back into the time stream. Hmm. Time travel. The end. Okay. Uh, uh, so, to- so initial reactions. Sure. Um, I do not remember you <laughs> bringing up a film called 1942 set in Nazi Germany. When did you do that? Uh, in the last episode we just released, uh, at the beginning, I said that uh, Rangers of the Lost Ark was Spielberg's comeback from 1942. It was actually 1941. Okay, so that it. was a, a Taxi episode four. Yes. Yes. So you're revealing that we are quite far ahead in our recording ahead yes. of release. Um, but yes, um, secondly... Um, did you know I was going to bring up that football story? Did you assume because I had I, told you this I, week? I either assumed or just in general I make fun of you for liking football enough. Yes, but like if, so we are very fortunate that that had come up earlier yeah. because otherwise yeah. that joke would be entirely a you-based joke. Oh, Our entirely. audience would not get that joke at all. It is not a podcast-based joke. It is a real-life joke. That is true. Um, I also need to give important credit uh, to the co creator of the Time Boat series, uh, which is, of course, Mr. Bennett Benjamin Bensi Bonsi, um, who, uh, three or four years ago, at the Edinburgh Fringe, we came up with the idea for a series called Time Boat, about time cops who travel through the time stream in their time boat to yeah. fix problems. Uh, so I haven't uh, heard... Surprisingly, I have not heard you talk about this before. Oh, really? I have heard your girlfriend talk about the fact that you fucking talked about it all the goddamn time. It was great. I stand by. Uh, it went well. And look, this is the launch of the Time Boat universe. Uh, and apology. The Time boat of us. Yeah, the Time boat of us, uh, Or just the boat of us in general. There aren't many universes based on boats. We don't need the time thing. It's fine. Um, so yeah, that was a short radio play. Apologizing to Steven Spielberg. Okay. And segueing us. Oh, so smoothly. Incredibly. The smoothest of segues. Now, Jamie, last week, I did the historical context because apparently we don't do this whole, like, swapping size thing very well. Um, We kind of... The week before, a couple days before, we were like, hey, do you want to do what? And we'll randomly pick. Yeah, Yeah, if we do not alternate, we just randomly decide. Just whoever wants to take it. And, uh, Jamie, I'm going to be honest, you hurt my feelings. You said that my stuff was useful. Yes, yeah, yeah. But not necessarily funny. Yes, that that was my summary of your... You gave a very interesting 
and relevant summary of Dungeons and Dragons, which hey. was related to Mazes and Monsters, oh, the game that was played within sure. the TV movie that yeah. we watched last week. If you haven't listened to that episode, Sumo. go listen to it for context now, for the anger that is coming I, from Al I right think now. you forgot two things okay. when you said those cruel words. One, you forgot that I mentioned they dredged up a boat. That was very interesting, Jamie, and even comical, one might say. <laughs> the second thing, Jamie, was I mentioned about when Chabatta was invented, <laughs> and that was hilarious okay so there was a lot of comedy there but don't worry Jamie I get I get it you want some jokes you want some did you just say jokes jokes that's how the friends pronounce the word joke this is jokes okay you want some hee hee you want some ha ha I get it don't worry You're can I also get guy. some hoo you can also get some hoo hoo if you're lucky you know what Jamie I'll give you some more funny historical context for this show that you can shake your fist at yep. knock knock wait knock wait. knock I will happily let you do that have we said what show it is yet? I don't no. think we have. So, just to let people know, we are doing Family Ties. <laughs> Tom Hanks appeared in three episodes in 1983 and 1984. So, Al is now going to give some knock, <laughs> knock. Who's there? Historical context, Jamie. It's never funny. The, his, the past is terrible. History is terrible. Everything is bad back there. You want to know what else happened on January 19th, 1983? The same day this episode, the first episode of these sh- episodes came out. Do you want to know what happened, Jamie? Guess. Guess. You'll never guess. Guess. Historical context. There's nothing funny about historical context. Oh, my. That's not. I'm trying to get I, all through all oh, you yeah, said yeah. and then say who, but I'm not going to do it because I could not oh remember. Oh, my dear right? God. Jamie, welcome to the motherfucking Cold War. Yeah. You know what happened on this day, no. January 19, 1983? Yeah. Uh, Nazi war criminal <laughs> Klaus Barbie uh, is arrested in Bolivia. That's weird, you might say. Why he's in Bolivia? Well, let me give you some historical context for this historical context, Jamie. Klaus Barbie was a awful, awful, awful monster. <laughs> he was sent, I think he's a man of the Gestapo, he's sent to France once it's occupied, he becomes what's known as the Butcher of Lyon. And there you might think, oh, he cut up nice pieces of meat and serves out. No, 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 much worse than that. He was uh, known for murdering and torturing both adults and children. Uh, supposedly, he murdered a resistance leader, beat them, skinned them alive, and immersed their head in a bucket of ammonia. <laughs> Uh, what happened to him after all, you might think? He sounds terrible. I'm sure they caught him up on one of those big, you know, things. They sent him to jail or killed him. That would have been good. But, oh, no, no. Instead, uh, the Americans uh, hire him as a spy to spy on the French because they were worried the French were going to be communists. He spies on the French for a while. Eventually, the French are like, hey, wait a second. This guy's still alive and we've sentenced him to die because he's awful. The Americans go, ah. They send him to Central America where he's then hired by the West German uh, basically spy establishment to kind of act as a spy for them. Later on, French spy Nazi hunters, which again is probably the coolest title of any job ever. I think we can all agree. French spy Nazi hunters is a great job Why title. Why did you say it again? Like this is a repeated Because it gets you. better each time someone <laughs> says French spy Nazi hunters. Um, found him in 1971. But it takes 12 years to get an extradition. But Olivia has to get democracy before they can get him out of this country. <laughs> they do eventually try him and execute him because he's 
awful. But that is the historical context you're getting, Jamie. You want some more? Let's talk about Ronald fucking Reagan. Okay. That's great. He comes into power in 1981. This show, even, is quite a lot about conservatism. The wee kid Michael J. Fox seems to really like Reagan and some of those really great economic policies he was doing. What else was Reagan doing? Ignoring the AIDS epidemic. It's terrible. He does it for the entirety of his presidency. AIDS crisis starts like two years ago, Jamie, but history is bad. It is a bad time. There is nothing funny about history. It is awful. But you want me to find the comedy? This is a film podcast, Jamie, and we're giving some realness right now. The history is terrible. The past is a foreign country. I don't want to go there. You got any show contact? <laughs> so, um, as, as is becoming, um, Come on, I'm just going to give a little review. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Just before we start, um, you've heard of the term on Twitter, reply guys, right? Nope. The people who uh, are willing to post on Twitter, and uh, no matter what she posts or whatever your relationship to her, they are the men who will just reply to anything she says. Okay. And uh, I feel like you're my reply guy. <laughs> Are you, are you wanting me to not respond to what you say? That would make this a very weird podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, little little review. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough to say whether I, I would say that was definitely funnier than what you did wow, last week okay. because you framed it in a way. Um, but you know, I would like to say that we have had some jolly historical context in the past. You know, we've been really talking about. The exact same time period for most of these episodes, yeah, you Jamie. know, you know, the you early nineteen eighties. You know what? During which all that time, Ronald Reagan has been ignoring the AIDS crisis, and there's been French Nazi spies, hunt, French spy. Which what was it? What they was were it? Nazi hunters, Jamie. They hunted were Nazis. They, was it French spy Nazi hunters? French spies who were Nazi hunters. Yes. French spy Nazi hunters. Um. So I, I question why. Why now? Why, Jamie? <laughs> One, because it coincidentally fell on that day when I googled it and found out that Klaus Barbie was arrested in Bolivia. Cool. Uh, and two, Jamie, because I think there's been a problem so far in our historical context. I think we've been avoiding the real issues <laughs> at play here. Okay. We've been giving a superficial context and I want to get into the meat of these things. Okay, so I would also like to say that generally in our previous historical context, even in some of mine, I've given lots of different like hey. middle facts. And- you, you essentially came up with two. You found out oh. one thing that happened on that day, and then just a vague thing that was kind of going on at the oh, time. Oh, sorry, a vague th- Jamie, finding <laughs> Nazi hunters is very no, no, important. No. The vague thing kind of going on at the time was Reagan ignoring oh, the yes. crisis. That was meant to lead into a conversation about Reagan, but they got really angry. Reagan's a bad guy. Okay. okay? And it does connect into this show. Yes. Like kind of the whole concept of the show, and I'm sure you're going to go into this more, yeah. is sort of... You dare fucking buy my okay, shit, I'll punch I you in the face. But basically, Michael J. Fox and his sister play kind of Reagan characters. In this fact, sounds a lot of, like, show context, I'm saying, Alexander. I'm saying that as a lead into my <laughs> historical context. I thought you were done and, with your historical no, well, context. You know what, Jamie? You didn't. I passed you the ball, and you dropped it on the floor so you could review my past. <laughs> now here we are again. Here's my thing. I think... That you don't get to this point where the show happens. This is why the historical context matters. Where you have Ronald Reagan, the guy who at one point uh, ratted out on people to the House and American Activities Committee on other people in Hollywood. This guy who is fervently, devotedly anti-communist. And I'm not saying I'm a big fan of communism. Obviously, Soviet Russia was terrible. But what I'm saying is the kind of paranoia 
in post-World War II America that leads them to think that it's better to work with Nazis, people who have executed the Holocaust, than it is to allow people uh, the right to kind of promote communist ideas. They think that that threat is so existentially worse to America, to their national security, than it is for them to stain their country by working with Nazis. I don't think you get to Ronald Reagan without that atmosphere beforehand. So I think people like Klaus Barbie really importantly connect back to this show and I know that's not funny Jamie yeah. so, so let's make a couple other goofs huh you want me to after this episode Tom Hanks he wears a hat he doesn't wear a hat he wears 50 hats where are the hats in this show they don't seem to understand that unlike last week and they really got comedy comedy is based mainly on hats <laughs> Uh, okay, I just want to quickly, if you give me a sec, I want to review your review. <laughs> no, no, because my review isn't quite finished. Okay. Um, I will agree okay. that, again, you've managed to make it even less funny. I was kind of enjoying the, like, over-the-top, this isn't funny, so I'm making it funny. And then you were just like, you know what, I'm going to go hard on this and just Robert really Reagan's make a, a deep political point for some reason. Um, um, and oh, I had another point, but I've forgotten it. So you can review my review while I'm thinking about the extension to my review. I think <laughs> if if uh, your, uh, my review of your review was uh, that um, I feel that you don't like difficult comedy and <laughs> I think you need to learn to get over that because uh, we're both over the age of 10. Uh, and if you want to watch Michael McIntyre, you can watch Michael McIntyre, Jamie, but we're here to make the real jokes. And the real jokes are the world is terrible. <laughs> Okay, um, I've remembered my other point. I am very wary, and I think I brought it up last week, that this show is consistently creating jokes and context exclusively based on previous jokes and previous bits we've had in other episodes, which... You know, it's not making... I, I would not like it to be that we reach episode 50 and it is required that you listen to all 49 previous episodes to even okay. understand you know what? the podcast. I'm going to give you some historical context. This historical context. Last oh. week, Jamie oh. criticised my historical context and I came back and I just slammed it in his face. And now he's looking there like a mug because he doesn't get that history's bad. And nothing could ever happen ever. Um, right, so I should have been so Yeah, yeah, so, so <laughs> tell, some, tell some jokes, funny man. Make me giggle. Guys, uh, I know you can't see this, but I'm going to be sitting right up to the microphone so you can hear if there's the slightest <laughs> chuckle. Yeah, there's not that many jokes in this, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're talking about Family Ties. It runs for seven seasons, and as you've alluded, it r- comes out of the liberalism of the 60s and 70s and then the move towards the curv- conservatism of the 80s. So the concept of the show is that the two parents are hippies and Michael J. Fox is a young Republican. We have uh, Meredith, ba- uh, Meredith Baxter as Elise, the mum, Michael Gross as Stephen Keaton, Michael J. Fox as Alex P. Keaton, Justine Bateman as the older daughter Mallory, and Tina Yothers as the younger daughter, Jennifer. Uh, The creator is Gary David Goldberg, who would go on to create Spin City with Michael J. Fox in the late 90s, so clearly they had a good relationship from this show. So, the creator was more of the liberal side of these things. He's an older guy. He didn't want to create uh, a sympathetic character in the kid, but 
young Michael J. Fox was so charismatic that he basically becomes a huge reason for why the show becomes successful. You know, pitch in with any, you know, thoughts and reactions at any point, Alexander. Oh, I was, I was waiting for the laugh line. Normally, you know, a joke, there's something called a punchline where, or a laugh line, as I like to call it, where you kind of set up, set up, set up, and then bam, you go in for the giggles. Yeah, no, 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 not really. I, I do more of a, you know, long-winded oh, story. I'm, I'm more of a oh, story-based like comedian. Oh, don't worry. I'm engaged. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're to go back to the Nazis. Uh, no! That's, I think Stop was... bringing up the Nazis! They're not relevant! They are relevant. They are relevant. They are. They They're are, not they are. really that relevant to I, this show, especially not it's, these it's, episodes it's of this show. Historical context, okay? okay. Historical context. Um, you don't get to Reaganism without World War Two. Uh, um, yeah, time happens linearly. Thanks, Al. <laughs> Great fucking fact. Jesus. So here's a quote from the creator, Gary David Goldberg. Um, he said, with Alex, which is Michael J. Fox's character, no, they me. were not traits that I aspired to and I didn't want my kids to aspire to. But then when we went off the air, the New York Times described him as greed with the face of an angel. And the simp- audience would simply not realise the darker side of the things he's saying. So basically... Which is what? Which is... Yeah, it's slightly probably not, It's like... Yeah. No. And it's, very, it's a very strange thing where young Michael J. Fox here ends up being loved by both Republicans and Democrats with Republicans holding him up as like a poster boy for this changing uh, society and Democrats being like, ha ha, what fantastic satire of these stupid people. To give a a more recent example, although not necessarily uh, currently, uh, it's as though the Colbert show has played more straight. Um, So like it is a satire, but actually at least in the episodes we watched, uh, you kind of got, you vaguely got hit that like, oh, they got to, they got to be making fun of this kid. Yeah. But, but also, also, also Michael J. Fox is just quite charming and charismatic. Yes, so is. like that helps. And he's, he also plays like a 15 year old, right? So it, yeah. Which, so I'll get on, that's a fun little, nice segue into the ages of these people. Uh, fun you little fact. a segue more f- seamless when you mention it's a segue. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so Michael Gross and Meredith Baxter, who played the parents, are the exact same age. They were born on the exact same day june 21st 1947 fun fact there was that fun enough for you al no once again sorry i'll bring this back to last week where i was criticized of the lack of chuckles and this week you're going for the driest what can i find off wikipedia uh no i found this off more than one wikipedia thank you that's fine next week i can ask you to cite your sources Uh, good academic practice Um, so they are 35 at the beginning of this show but they have to be aged up a bit because Michael J Fox as you said who's supposed to be playing like a 15 year old is 21 when the show started and it really shows he looks old as shit like he does not look 15 I don't think he looks 15 at all uh, here's the thing with Michael J Fox because obviously he ends up in Back to the Future in like two years time yep he has a very young voice. Yep. So he constantly sounds like he's on the cusp of puberty, like either just before or just after he's hit puberty. And um, I think that kind of sells it. I, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Yeah. I, I thought he looked young. But yeah, he's only 14 years younger than his parents in this show. So they really have to age up his parents. Yeah. Um, there's loads of cameos from famous actors in this. Obviously, Tom Hanks being one. River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Will Wheaton, Courtney Cox even becomes a recurring character on this show in its last couple seasons, which is pre-Friends fame. Um, Matthew Broderick of uh, Ferris Bueller fame. Yeah, uh, and Godzilla. And Godzilla, but Ferris Bueller more relevant at this specific time. I mean, um, Godzilla's always relevant. <laughs> Godzilla's known for being brilliant in all situations. Um, he was originally supposed to be Michael J. Fox's character, but he turned down the role. 
um, which was great for Michael J. Fox. He ends up winning Best Actor in a Comedy um, Emmy for seasons four, five, and six, mm-hmm. um, which is impressive for someone who's generally playing a younger character. Obviously, he himself isn't that young, but kids don't often win that Best Actor role. Um, so that's good for him. Um, and also seasons four, five, and six just so happen to be just after, as you mentioned, Back to the Future comes out. So that comes out um, in the summer before season four airs, and it was a huge boost for this show. It did okay in its first two seasons. Sure. The third season picks it up a bit, but then immediately becomes the second biggest show in America after Back to the Future comes out. So that was a huge, huge boost, and he becomes basically the large what, reason why this show's. Um, what was the biggest show in America at the time? I've I've got a question here. My next point is, what's number one, Al? Okay. What do you reckon? Let's 19, 1985. 85? 85. 85. Okay. Uh, so I know Cheers had a spin-off called Frasier. Mm-hmm. And Frasier, I believe, runs for like 12 seasons. And I think ends in like 2004. So, so not that. No, no, not that. But my question is then... That runs to 12 seasons, so it probably goes back into the 90s. So the great, and I know Cheers runs for about 10 seasons too. So my guess is Cheers. Cheers is number five. Ah, what's the Look how much information I have for you, Al. The, and, and again, for <laughs> listeners uh, who haven't listened to last week, hey, give it a download, why not? Uh, I did I did make fun of Jamie for not providing me enough you know, context. Yeah, context. yeah. Um, so <laughs> number one show in America in 1985, just ahead of um, good old Family Ties. The Cosby Show. Ooh, Yay! Let's move on. Uh, it's interesting to see the transition, though, that in just a few years. So when Family Ties airs first, sure. the top five shows in the, in the United States are 60 Minutes, Dallas, MASH, Magnum P.I. and Dynasty. Sure. Dynasty? Dynasty. Dynasty. How would Americans say? Hey! Hello, good Dynasty. I want to watch my Dynasty and now go to West Coast Dynasty. There we go. Either way. That. Um, so not a single comedy in there. Uh, then by 1985... Uh, MASH has got comedic cameras. It's a little... So no single sitcom specifically. Sure. That MASH is obviously a war, war com- comedy. Um, yeah. And by 1985, we have Cosby Show, Family Ties, Murder, She Wrote, 60 Minutes still holding in there. Well done, 60 Minutes. And Cheers. So three out of the top five... Um, Within three years, become Com-com. sitcoms, and it really starts to show the that can six yeah the tidal wave of sitcoms over the eighties and pushing into the nineties, and really to this day, sitcoms are still uh, always amongst the biggest shows in America. Yeah. And my final little fact is Michael J. Fox meets his wife on this show. Oh, there we go! Oh, you got, you got can, a, can I show you? I've got an oh, oh written I'm a really good audience member. Yeah, yo, you know oh, you're cute. I do oh. know my, I learned my lines. Yeah. Learned so, my um, lines not very many giggles in that. I will no, give I you, mean, but, but, yeah, you know. but I feel like it was, you know, I feel like it averages out because I mentioned a horrible war criminal who I didn't find funny. Although you laughed at it, and you mentioned uh, the Cosby Show, which is a comedy show, which I did not laugh at. Yeah, so good. we're in the middle somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so before we uh, get on to um, talking about this show, uh, I would like to do a little review of myself. Um, sure. So <laughs> having criticised uh, yeah, yeah. both of us for using previous episodes for content and creating comedy, uh, I'm going to do that right now. Um, so in our last episode, we had a segment called. Uh, Oh, what was it? The bit where the ads would be. The bit where the ads would be, I believe is what I called. And I delivered what I believe we can both agree is was a flawless uh, parody of uh, Ariana Grande's smash single, Thank You Next, called Thank You Ads. Um, I will hold for applause. 
No, no, not from you. I expected the oh, from the, 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 from the audience okay, in, sure. in their cars. Let's sit in silence for yeah. five seconds. Yeah. This is. <laughs> Thank you. That was much appreciated. So, little little fun fact. I looked down at my watch, realized I didn't have a second hand, but carried on looking down. I then looked up, and Alice looking at his watchless wrist. Um, so that was a very fun yeah, it's, moment it's for us, probably not sure. for the audience. Um, so yeah, I we can all agree, you know. That episode hasn't come out yet, so we, we, I, I don't know, but I can only hypothesise that the internet has gone crazy yeah. over my fantastic parody. It is true. Now, I had great fun doing it. Um, I did have a thought... Long and short of it, there's not a song this week. Um, oh, I wow. did have a thought for a song, but I, I worried that if I did it two episodes in a row, I would therefore have to do, do it, it every single episode. And there is a very strong possibility that we reach uh, how many episodes we're going to do for Tom Hanks. It's about, I think about 89 sure. um, episodes and we still have no advertisers. And I don't back myself to come up with, oh, 85 odd more <laughs> parody songs all based around the concept of advertisement. So the songs will return. Don't worry, adoring fans. The songs will return but it will just be a fun surprise. Maybe they'll come in. Maybe they won't. They coming now? No, 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 no. They're literally no. That would be a really good joke. No, 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 no. They're no. They're literally some fake out. I didn't want to set myself that pressure. Okay. So how about we start talking about the show? Yeah. Quite a long time. Ah, yeah. Probably about thirty minutes. Look, Al. I feel like you should. I would like to. I would like to remind you that I spoke by the Nazis for a long time. No, 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 no. Episode four, Taxi, was released today, and we. I believe we both listened to it because we are narcissists. Um, In that episode, I believe we discussed the TV show Taxi or the episode four. Ah, about nine minutes. There's a lot more to talk about here. Can I just say before we start? um, I'm sure you uh, all appreciated it, and if it came across wrong, not. I'm not making fun of the, the Nazis themselves. They are evil. Oh my god! I was making no, fun of Jamie. No, we don't need to go back on this. Let's, that let's, was clear. Okay. I would just we rather go. we not have another moment I, where you look, seriously go. Okay, but for a second, what, guys, I can get, we disparage I get the Nazis for one second? The Nazis are bad. No, you already said this. It's fine. You don't. We don't need to bring down the tone of this show just to be like, hey, remember the Holocaust? No, let's not do that. Let's try and move on. I, you have, why did you go back to that? I, that well of comedy that we I, already just plunged for gold. Okay, so, uh, so this show this show is basically three episodes. Uh, yeah. The episodes are The Fugitive Part 1, The Fugitive Part 2, and... Uh, uncle. Daddy Uncle. Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. Uncle's here. Uncle... Something to do with Uncle. Uncle's home. Uncle's um, home. Um, they come out as episodes 14 and 15 in season one. Sure. And episode 14 in season two. Yeah. Now, fortunately for us, we are still technically reviewing Tom Hanks' career uh, chronologically because he doesn't do anything between... Like, but we've just I come reckon off. He'll be recording stuff. In yeah, between. potentially. But like, we're coming off a year where he's just done like three or four things in one year. Sure. He finishes off *Bosom Buddies*. He does um, *Happy Days*. He does *Taxi*, and he does *Mazes and Monsters*. The only thing he does in 1983 is these two episodes of, of um, *Family Ties*. I will say the only thing which is released. I mean, I reckon he re- he's recording *Splash* at some point yeah, this year, probably. and that gets released the next year. Um, 
so yeah, so let's talk about the fugitive first because that's the easy one yep. to talk about. Yeah, I, um, yeah. So the fugitive, obviously, a play on the classic TV show at, at the time, the fugitive, and what I care about more, which is the movie starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, the fugitive, which claims the greatest single scene, one of the greatest scenes of all the cinema, which is Harrison Ford has been chased down these sewer pipes. He comes out. He's at the edge of this massive da- dam. He's at the edge. Tommy Lee Jones is playing the marshal, chasing him down because he's the fugitive. And Harrison Ford has been accused of brutally murdering his wife and I think his kid too. And he's there at the edge of this dam and he looks down and there's a massive, way too far to go. He will die if he jumps off here. And he looks at Tommy Lee Jones and he shouts, I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones goes, I don't care. So he jumps off and he lives and it's great. Uh, That's what this is a reference to. So uh, if you didn't know that, that's the film part of this film comedy podcast, guys. Again, I I hate to... um Again, slow down this I show. Didn't once mention more. the Nazis. Okay? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, well done. Congratulations on not mentioning the Nazis. But you did sort of mention, oh, we've uh, we've spent quite a lot of time not talking about this show. Let's talk about this show. And how I'm going to do that is I'm going to start by describing a scene from a different film that Tom Hanks is not in <laughs> for about a minute uh, and a half. Yeah, he's definitely on that film. So, so anyway, uh, the concept is uh, Tom Hanks, there's his family, they're kind of the stable family unit. As Jamie said earlier, uh, the parents are ex-hippies. They were arrested briefly, I think, during the kind of uh, Democratic uh, primaries in 1960-whatever. And uh, their kids, though, are like young Reagan, kind of conservative types. I think it's mostly Muggs A. Fox's his characters. Yes, I, but I think, I think the other 80s, I think her, his elder or similar age sister... Daughter, I think. So she rebels by becoming materialistic. Yeah, so she's very, like, 80s. And you could argue Reagan in that sense of, like, bye-bye-bye commercialism is all that really matters. Yeah. America's built on stuff. Yeah. Um, and young Michael J. Fox is really happy because his uncle, Tom Hanks, is coming that week. Called he's like, Ned. Ned. Ned Donnelly. And Ned was like the youngest junior vice uh, president. president of his company. It's a big tech firm. And he's coming over and he kind of pulls out all these little clippings going, my uncle's so cool. We're in Reagan's America now, libtards. Yeah, You're he's earning lots of money, therefore he's important I, and good. I rank my family members based on their net worth, so I don't respect <laughs> so my father. So fuck you, mum and dad, let's I go, don't Uncle respect Ned. my father. Uh, <laughs> uncle Ned comes in, he's like, hey, I'm Uncle Ned. Uh, Solid Tom Hanks impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, good. <laughs> it's, it's not bad actually. We'll get better as they go on. Yeah, and you know he's there. He's kind of like, oh, the, uh, the parents go, we're glad you can take some time off. Although actually, you took some time off last two months ago. And he goes, oh yeah, well, I really wanted to see you guys. They're going to spend some time together. Uh, everything seems normal uh, up until he gets a phone call from someone mysterious at a dining table. They're kind of eating together. Um, and the, the phone call goes, is there a uh, uh, Mr. Cromad Glosh? And they go, there's no, no, there's no Comrade Glosh. And, and Tom Hanks goes, uh, one second, takes on the phone and goes, uh, yes, the eagle will go into the building at four in the evening and my reservation is fine. Hangs it up. And they'll yeah. go, I've seen the Americans, Russian spy. That is my first thought, is that he is an agent for the Russians. And that would have probably been a better gag. <laughs> um, instead, uh, through a kind of convoluted series of conversations, yeah. uh, it turns out that uh, his company is trying to find him because he doesn't work there any longer. Yep, so he's quit his company. Um, he uh, is trying to hide. He keeps on getting these phone calls. There's hilarity from that. Yeah. Um, and so is it before the FBI guy comes that he explains to Michael J. Fox that there was a merger? 
Yeah, so, so the, kind of, the concept he gives is that he quit mm-hmm. um, and slash his game pursued by the company because uh, he enabled a merger at the company, uh, was meant to enable a merger of the company, wherein they would buy a mining company, uh, which employed like 1,800 people. Yep, and then they'd all get laid off. Specifically so they could get a tax break, right? Yep. So they say, hey, this isn't making money, Reagan economics, uh, actually it's better for the company and the corporate health is all that really matters, and we're going to lay off 1,800 yep. people. and so Tom Hanks is actually an upstanding man. He may be a VP, but he's, oh, he's an upstanding man, so he wants to stop that, and that's why he's hiding from his company. So he says. Yes. And then in comes... Um, so I, I would like to say... This show is a comedy. Um, up until this point, it's I, not been that funny. No. The, the, little, the little phone calls are like kind of funny. They're like the funny voices. Whatever. Then in comes the FBI guy. Now he is great fucking fun. So... Uh, there's some. There's like a knock at the door, and then Tom Hanks is like, "Oh, better run!" And he like runs away mysteriously. And um, then and the most sardonic, sarcastic FBI uh, officer comes in. He's great fun. He's making fun of everybody else. I was getting some good chuckles okay, off so you, him. You enjoy because I. What I found funny was not finding most of it funny. Tom Hanks comes in, and not necessarily like the words, but he was giving these comic little flourishes. To his performance, where it was just kind of physical things here and there. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then in comes Mr. FBI being like, hey, so I'm the FBI, dude, and I'm going to teach you some, you know, thing about the FBI. Or I didn't I, I didn't laugh so much at that. Oh, I found him fun. It was, did. It was great. Okay. It was being super sardonic. I liked him. But basically, um, the point of this guy coming in is he goes, oh, no, by the way, this dude stole $4 million. Sure. Just letting you guys know, yeah, he no good. So if you guys like harbor him here and lie to me that's a crime so you probably shouldn't do that spoiler alert they do that um so the first episode ends on that sort of cliffhanger he leaves um we start with episode two and uh, michael j fox is being like no he couldn't have done what no they got it wrong uh, Tom Hanks, who kind of had fled at the side of the FBI, comes back and explains to the family yep. that uh, the reason why he stole four million dollars wasn't for himself. He wasn't embezzling money from the company to profit himself. Yep. He was he was being honest. Uh, yep. He quit the company because because of the merger. Because of the merger, and and he, he wouldn't lay off these people. Yep. The way he kind of says it was, he goes down to the mines, sees people, and he realizes that it, he, he he can't just fire eighteen hundred people. It's cruel. It's yep. and it's for greed. So instead, what he does is he takes his shares of that company that the the parent company owns. And he apparently yeah, yeah, it's, it's, moves it into a private account. He hides it in the computer. He puts it in yeah, an account which only he has. The literal quote for. is he hides it in the computer. Yeah. And he put he puts it in an account, which I think he says is in his own name. It is in his name. And, and, and like and like just he's the only one that knows the um the uh password to it, but like I mean, I don't know that much about the computer, but I feel like if the FBI just go, oh, look, okay, so that money, $4 million went to this account. Cool. Done. Yeah, it's, well, they obviously can prove the crime. Um, yeah, there's a scene in the film uh, Zoolander where they learn that the files are in the computer and proceed to later on smash the computer. Yes. And so too, I think the FBI should have smashed the computer yeah. to find the shares. Yeah. Um, um, so we have a couple more. Ex- oh, then we have my favourite uh, thing. Oh, no, is it in? Nope, it's in the next episode. Never mind. Mm. Oh, no, it is this episode. Ignore me. We're Fuck it. married. So, no, no, no. So um, she, uh, the wife is speaking to um, 
uh, her husband in bed and she tells this little story about how when uh, Ned was younger, he stole a kid's baseball mitt and then he wouldn't give it back. And so she goes and makes him go. She walks with him and takes him back to the other kid's house and makes him give it back. Now, here I'm thinking, okay, so she's going to come to the logical conclusion of that, which is I need to force him to to turn himself in and give the money up. But for some reason, her conclusion to the story of I made him take back the baseball mitt is we need to harbor him here and hide him from the police. It makes no fucking sense. Like she tells a story where the direct conclusion is so obviously he should go and return this money. But also she's comparing like returning a baseball mitt to something to four million dollars stolen. Like, yeah. it's the most ridiculous scene and the most it's, ex- just confusing. It's also, and I think this is interesting to show, like, Bosom Buddies, where actually, that's obviously a fair bit, not fair bit, a couple of years earlier, and it definitely feels like it. So like you were saying, obviously, we're about to get into this kind of golden age of 80s comedy. Yep. And whereas Bosom Buddies was just before it, where the concepts were, the concept was really high. It's a high concept show, hey, these guys are dressed up in drag and they're living in a women's hotel. And yet, the show very quickly gave up on um, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But by the end of season one, they're kind of like, ah, we're, we're, we don't want to do that anymore. Uh, whereas this show, lower stakes, it is a family, it, it is definitely that kind of Reagan's America kind of thing, is, is the 80s. Um, so lower stakes, family unit, but the, that core concept of you have these two, these kind of two sides of this family, one a very 80s, one a very 60s, and how does that clash? What is the relationship between those two things? I think really worked. Yeah, no, no, it works well. There's there's a reason this show's successful. Yes, and the interesting thing is, so when when Tom Hanks kind of tells this to his uh, sister and her husband, to the kids, he kind of goes, well, look, you were arrested. The FBI guy goes, well, you guys were arrested for subversive activity against the government in protests. And they were arrested in the 60s. And he says, look, why is it wrong for me to make my stand against corporate greed? Why is it wrong for me to say I would rather go to jail than for these people to get fired and laid off and all that kind of stuff, than it is for you to... And I think a really, really lovely piece of writing they had yeah, was... Yeah, no, it's good. Um, why is it wrong for me to get arrested for doing something I believe in now, and it was okay for you to get arrested when it was in style? Yeah. And that, that line was like, oh, that, that, that like he's, they very incisively point out this hypocrisy yeah. in this generation who in the 60s was so you know, pro-peace and happiness and this kind of stuff, and by the 80s would vote for Ronald Reagan. But yep. by the 80s, you were like, let's forget about it. Because, and, and they identifies this kind of, the, the flaw in the myth of the kind of, the peace and love and hippie 60s, is that these people will go on to become the same kind of people who will enable uh, warmongers. Yep. Um, um, so th- this episode is, and, and the following episode, is a prime example of a sitcom trope, which comes up a lot, which is, we want to address something serious. Sure. We want to make a serious point, but we don't want to have lasting effect on any of our common, like, regular cool recurring characters. Yeah, yeah. So we bring in a guest star sure. so that they can be the vehicle for this uh, yeah. this message, which I guess... I mean, I don't really get what the message I is. I would be... Here's the thing. Unlike some of these other episodes, and I don't want to spoil anything, I would be interested to see some more episodes of the show. A little bit like with uh, Happy Days, where I was like, oh, I... This might not be the best episode ever, and actually Happy Days was a funny episode. Yeah, I enjoyed that but, episode. Um, it's in my Hank's bank. Yeah, yes, but with this one, I was like, oh, I don't think this is his best. I don't think anyone no. would probably say this is best. But I can see that this is a concept, and this is, like, writing team yeah. seems to be on it. There's a, uh, another lovely scene where um, 
Michael J. Fox goes, well, why did you know? Why it doesn't matter if they get kid because he's because he's this annoying, highly conservative kid in, yeah. in his fifteen, and he kind of goes, what, what's wrong? You know, it, uh, why should their private health matter in the face of uh, your corporate, the corporate's health? And Tom Hanks very clearly goes, well, because you, you're that's an imbalanced thing, right? So like, if they don't have jobs, they have to get paid unemployment. That then affects everyone in their lives. That then means they aren't like giving money to small businesses. That negatively affects the economy so much worse. Then this company doesn't get that tax break and gets a boost. Trickle down economics. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah. So let's just quickly get to the end of this two-parter. So he ends up trying to run away one last time sure. with both the FBI turns up with the owner of the company for some Which reason. seems like a conflict of interest. Yep. The FBI um, is in pocket of big business guys. Yeah. You heard it here first. The Mueller report is a fake. Trump is a Russian spy. We always knew it. Cool. So um, he runs away um, and then they're in there. They're like, oh no, we don't know where he is. And then he comes back and he's like, they're like, Oh, look, there he is for comedy. Um, and he says, well, I ran out there and I tripped over a baseball mitt. And then I remembered that time that you made me return that baseball mitt. Remember that story you brought up earlier that you came to the wrong Which conclusion about? Um, uh, so, yeah. And then he turns himself in. So then a very strange sequence of events happens where he lets the owner of the company out. He, like, goes and opens the door. He's agreeing to be arrested, but he goes, opens the door and, like, shepherds the owner of the company out for no fucking reason. Um, And then, like, it's a very casual arrest. Like, he's hugging his goodbyes with everyone. Obviously, it's a sitcom, whatever. It's a white-collar crime, Jamie. Okay, Okay. so this is what I would like to get into. So that that episode, that's fine. A year later, we come back. Um, okay. He, this, and, uh, this, I don't particularly want to talk about this one as much. I want to talk about I, the beginning one more. Okay. Uh, the beginning bit of this, because it <laughs> basically it's never really explained. It seems he did not get jail, any no, jail no. time or anything for this crime. Where I again would like to say he embezzled four million dollars. Yeah. And so the beginning of the next episode is like, hey, Uncle Ned's coming back. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. He only got a year of jail time. And then they never really talk about, like, he's just got out of jail or anything. And then later in the episode, because the idea of the episode is that he's a drunk because he's not been working for a year. And that and she, like, says to him, oh, you haven't had a job for a year. And I'm like... Because surely he's been in jail, but no, it's just he hasn't had a fucking job. So clearly, the message of this show is you can embezzle four million dollars and be arrested by the FBI, uh, and nothing will happen to you. I think you'll find that the term here should be liberate four million dollars from corporate greed. And oh. instead, hide it forever. Does he still have those million dollars worth of stock? They'll be worth more now. Surely not. Um, so basically, I think he got told, back, give, it give it back. back. Yeah, yeah, you bad boy, slap on the wrist. So, and that's about it. And then, yeah, so he... This, this episode, I found the more interesting one. If partly because of how goddamn jarring it is to go from, hey, he's the fun uncle who's like corporate, yeah. corporate uncle and all this kind of stuff. And again, if you're watching the real show, it's probably like a year in between. Yeah. Because it's the next season. And yet it is, he is an alcoholic, and it's not like a... There are loads of shows which maybe have episodes where it's like, they drink too much, and there are a couple of scenes like that where it's like, these comic, oh, he's a drunk scenes. 
And then there are a few scenes which are he's a violent drunk. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's, he's, awake, he's awake at like three o'clock in the morning and like they're like vanilla, vanilla extracts. Extract. <laughs> like great fun detail. Yeah. <laughs> he downs a bottle of vanilla extract um, in front of uh, of Michael J. Fox, and he's just trying to be like, oh no, just let me help you. Yeah, and, you come drink with me. You come drink with me. Yeah, and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And he's and then at the, some, you know, at, at that point, like he grabs Michael J. Fox because I'm kind of violently later on. He full on hits Michael J. Fox. Okay, <laughs> so we are told that he hits him. No, we Did, see. No, no, no. We see it. But we see him do Why the that? worst yeah. screen slap I have ever seen. Like, very clearly missing him by about half a foot. Yeah. And then Michael J. Fox go flying so through the air. This one feels so much more... Whereas the first one feels a little bit like Topic episode. This one does feel like after-school special. Yeah. Don't, if someone in your life is an alcoholic, don't enable them. Please try and get them to get help. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, they go quite... They're like, he's supposed to have an interview. So after a year... The dad has got him an interview. He goes to the interview. He's drunk at the interview. He makes a tit of himself. Um, so my main thing with this was it annoyed me that um, it's a serious episode. We're tackling alcoholism. Blah, 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 blah. And then they just end it on he calls Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's it. This dude and then never turns up again. I checked the next episode. The episode description is uh, Michael J. Fox's character pretends to be a feminist to impress a lady. So firstly, great description for the episode. But also, they, they, they're just saying, sweet, agree to go to Alcoholics Anonymous and fix problems. Done. Like, it's, 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 very it's a shitty dealing of it. It's, again, it's, it's a comedy. It's so what? fucking depressing. Depressing watching it. Jamie, sometimes you have depressing content in the middle of comedies, and that's just a normal <laughs> thing to have, okay? You know what? You need a little bit of light and shade. Okay, you want to learn while you giggle. Um, yeah, this was all shade. So what I was... what I will say is this. And this we're probably going to say thing. Tom Hanks gives a very good performance as a uh, alcoholic who starts off funny and then goes into yeah. violence and how that violence comes from the same place as that humor does yeah. almost um although but, but I... it's so it is so misplaced for the show yes yeah the it's... episode idea is misplaced yeah because it's not it's not in keeping with the usual kind of like sitcomy thing um i'm trying to think of a better example it's something it... like you know the um you might not have seen the episode but you know the fresh prince of bel air episode where the famous speech where Will's like, why doesn't he love me? Yeah. About his dad. Yeah, yeah. So and the reason that, so the reason that, that works, works it's is from because the character and it's, it's from the main character and you yeah. care about him and you care. Again, it's just, it's just weird. It's this thing of like, oh, we don't want to affect our main characters. Also. Okay. So super weird thing. While I was uh, doing research on the show context for this, I found an article that was like, oh, fun facts about um, family ties. And it says specifically it was also well known for dealing with serious topics such as, uh, and I think it was like alcoholism, loneliness and incest. And I looked everywhere and I could not fucking find where they deal with incest. (laughs) I know. But so either it's true and there's an episode about incest, which again, I could not find any any information about one of um, those things is not like the other Jamie. Or, yeah, or they've just made it up in this article as another thing they deal with, which is just really weird. I had to bring it up with someone. I was so confused. Um, if you were alive in the eighties and watched this show when it came out, please, please link us, us the episode about incest because I really want to watch it. And also, when you don't have any context, you worry it's between main characters. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, so yeah, it feels a, the message doesn't really hit home for me because a I feel like they deal with it poorly, and it's, and it's clear B, they don't. It, it, like they t- they don't take it seriously. They bring in a third, an external character, uh, just to be they, yeah, this, it, this it like conduit like they, of alcoholism. They had talked about what kind of episodes they want to do this season. They go, okay, let's do one dealing with alcoholism. Yeah, for whatever reason, and they go, okay, well, we can't do it with the main characters because we have to deal with that over the whole season. Yeah, so let's. Oh well, we have this character, yeah. and he, he was in a bad place when he ended up. And Tom Hanks is a good actor. Because that episode will be out in eighty four, I guess. Eighty four, yeah. So maybe uh, Smash was coming out. Maybe it was after Smash came out. I don't know what. It's, but uh, it's before Smash comes out. Before, but you know, Tom Hanks is still a big enough name, right? Yeah. He's, he's a guest star. Um, maybe let's get him in for that show. Why not? Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Let's go. Let's go to yeah our, our rankings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll do some fun. Yeah. Like I said, I just yeah I didn't particularly like that second episode. So like if the fir- if you thought the first episode was like ah oh, this is a bit weird this is supposed to be a comedy the Don't second one you go in thinking wow this is really not a comedy what the shit um so yeah I was I kind of enjoyed the first ep- first two episodes. I really enjoyed that FBI guy. I thought he was fun. You didn't, so you're wrong. I didn't um, hate it. It was just, it was... <laughs> so I, I think if, I, if we were assessing the quality of the show, which is obviously our first yeah, yeah, so category. That, yeah. So for people who don't know, our categories are quality uh, of the show itself out of five. Yeah. Tom Hanks' performance out of five, uh, the Tom Hanks dick meter out of five, which I think will be a very interesting debate for this episode. Uh, and then we decide whether it goes in the Hanks bank. Sure. Um, so let's... So for the show... I'm rating it again on these three episodes only three, nothing sure. else no, no, I, and, I, and I get that um, no I was explaining it for our audience yes, sorry, sorry. no 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 I, I, because <laughs> I was I, explaining to you the concept yeah. of the show <laughs> I would probably give it if I would rate them individually I would give the first ones the first kind of double bill three stars and the second one like a two or, oh, or well. like I mean, if we were to average those out, but I would have to no, use a no, 0.5, and my, you don't like no, no, doing that. I don't like using a 0.5, so instead, what I will stand by is, I think overall it's a three. I think even in the worst episode, it's still, you know, fine. Like, it's still, it's weird, but it, it's fine. I didn't I didn't dislike watching it, um, whereas with some episodes of Bull and Buddies, which felt like pulling teeth, this was, okay, this is a good team making a bad thing, or a weird thing. Something which feels jarring and out of tone. So I, I'd give it overall three. Cool. Um, considering I believe this is supposed to be a situation comedy, um, obviously I know that sitcoms are allowed to have serious episodes, but I've seen plenty of sitcoms have serious episodes that are better. still funny yeah. and better and deal with them better. Um, so I'm going to have to give it a two. Just, yeah, didn't think it was that funny. Like, weirdly, the I guess... Tom Hanks is like the least funny we've seen him, but I think that's more due to the role he's given yes, more I, than anything. Actually he's to, actually quite so. It, yeah. If we were to go on to Tom Hanks' performance, yeah, I would say that's a three to a four. But I'll, I'll, I'll be general. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to three because again, I don't want to overweigh the scale. But actually, unlike in Mazes and Monsters, he was where he was given the serious performance for a lot of it, and actually, it ended up at times despite him trying to do serious it playing towards the end wildly comically <laughs> um, in this he is doing a much more complex thing but something he achieves a lot better he he definitely goes into this being like uh, I'm going to play this the first episode whatever he's doing the concern of Tom Hanks thing the second episode he's going and if you isolate the performance by itself a quite a good thing of yeah. he's a little bit too drunk when he's drunk but 
Um, but also still speaking very clearly, yeah, which is the um, cardinal sin of drunk sure. acting. Uh, slash, either that or then overplaying how drunk they are for yeah. how little they're slurring. Um, but it's that, the kind of, the mercurial, accidental violence, the, the, the accidental caustic nature of alcoholism yeah. that he does very well. The kind of thing which is like, oh, this makes you charming, but it also makes you so, so aggressively bad at times. Yeah, um, I'd agree. I think it's a three uh, for basically exact same as you said, sure. so I'm not going to bother uh, laboring that point. Now, the dick meter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, firstly, we clearly have the issue that he is really putting upon his family quite a lot. Even In the first true, episode, true. he's like forcing them he to harbor him for his true. crimes, irrelevant of the the noble nature of the crimes sure um yeah he's he's forcing his ple- uh his uh, family like- to be party to them now additionally we do have the fact he committed a crime sure. not great no matter the noble parts uh, of that whoa, 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 he committed a crime jamie and on- jamie if i steal a loaf of 400 million dollars worth of shares <laughs> Just feed my family. Is that a crime? Are you going to sit here and tell me that's ethically wrong? If I I'm steal, not going to sit here and tell you it's ethically... Steal, if I steal a truck of bread to give it to those miners, am I a bad man if I then charge them a little bit on I'm the not. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you it's ethically wrong. I am going to tell you it's still illegal because it is. Um, and we also have the fact that, you know, he may have had a change of heart, but he's a VP for this country, and that's not great. Um... Uh, that, for that's the company. He, he, um, he had benefited from this system, which, yeah. which he had one point rebelled from. And then even more controversy, like, alcoholism's not great. That's like but an that actual disease, but it doesn't make you... you yeah, he's a, he's a dick. That's what I'm saying. I think this is a dick, but the... But are but you... So, that doesn't mean you are a dick. Yeah. Nor so, that you are playing a dick, rather you're playing someone who's suffering. Yeah, so um, I, I think this tough. is... A, it's it a really, really tough, tough one. I, I had not Look, thought... I think the question is, where is neutral on the scale is like... No, no, no. So it's zero. Zero, zero is, is you are. He is not, not a, a dick. dick. You can't. You know, yeah, it, there's no saint side of that. There is just. Well, I mean, are. so I think further down the line, sure. if we have any characters of his that we think are particularly, Jamie, good, maybe we'll go to the next I meet numbers. a Tom Hanks character that I don't think isn't a little bit of a dick. I will eat a loaf of bread in front of you. I will go to the corner shop, buy a loaf of bread, and then piece by piece eat those pieces. And um, when we go to Cats and Phillips, that's going to be worrying. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so, but I think zero is not a dick. And then five is a dick. Like a primo top quality dick. I believe you have given a six in this uh, Before, which series was for... to Love Boat. Uh, he was yeah. a rapist though. He was. Um, he was. He was tempted. <laughs> I. I would like to say that in the first episode, again, and I harbour on this point a lot. I do bring up a lot, but the introduction to Tom Hanks is him physically assaulting a woman to flirt with them. That's fair. Um, I would give him a two here. A two. Okay. I. I think I kind of have to give him a three. Like, obviously, the I'm. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, yeah, the alcoholism stuff. Like, I'm. That's mostly not. Factoring it's, it's, it's in, that he's it's the fact that he's committed crimes and like is forcing his family. Now, Al, if I ever steal four million pounds, I would expect you when I come to you and go, "Let me live here." To go, no, I have no, I, no. I've uh, been watching the first season of uh, Line of Duty. Yeah, with my girlfriend. And we, uh, probably about every 15 minutes into that show, go, if you ever killed someone, I'd hand you over to the police. <laughs> I love you, but you murdered someone. That's the line. Yeah, that, like, similar- it, it's also the fact of, like, 
That means I. Do, it's not. I'm like, enabling you. I, no, it's not even like I'm enabling you because I'll be, I no longer love you because you murdered someone. That's entirely. <laughs> um, it, it's a tough thing where, like, if I could say he was like, like at a weird quantum point where he's simultaneously zero and he a is four. Schrodinger's dickhead. Yeah, it's. Um, I also think it's so. There was I was listening to something a while ago, which raises this interesting point of can you, uh, yeah this is obviously philosophical, but can you ever engage in a capitalistic system which exploits people and do so in a good way? So for example, can you be a stockbroker, an investment banker, and you get paid all this money, but then if you donate you know, 98% of it to charity, can you do that kind of thing for the right? That's not this character. It's not that this character has always been a good guy and he's always been trying to look out for the little guy. It's that he has one come to Jesus moment where he's like, oh, I've done a bad thing. And his response is not, well, I need to talk to the press about this. I need, I need to do anything else. It is... I must honest. commit crime and force my family and, to harm me. And again, me. because if you had... his, He goes to the most extreme example, which, let's be honest here, isn't going to have much long-term good. Like that, he, They will get the code at some point. Clearly, we think yeah. by the next episode, they have the code. Had he gone to the the union of those minor workers and said, hey, they're going to fire all you guys for a tax rebate. Had he gone to the press and said, we're gonna, they're going to fire your guys' tax rebate, he could have probably achieved something more yep. and actually applied some pressure to this company. He doesn't. And instead, it's it's useless. He's a gesture. Yep. Uh, um, so, our final assessment. Is this going in your Hanks bank? No, but it is probably the first time where it hasn't... It's been a... Uh, you, you, you know, if, if there's like a teller at the front of the bank and people are just waiting to give them their cash, and like individual Tom Hanks are waiting at the front to see, process their application, it's the first one where someone hasn't been violently thrown out of the thing. I, I would like to say you do have something in your Hanks bank. Yeah, no, so. no, no, other other than and all <laughs> been put in the Hanks bank. It's it's the first one where I'm like, oh, we're starting to get to that like the the ability to have a middling Tom Hanks who can elevate what he's in even if what he's in is not actually the best thing. Whereas earlier on, although he was like, you could see the beginnings of this brilliant performer, he would still be either dragged down by the performance or, or in the case of Mon- Amazing Monsters, trying to overact it almost, <laughs> and then kind of egg it on towards the end. Oh, God. Um, still so, so disappointed no, it, it's, by that. It's unfortunately not the Hanks Bank, but I'm surprised by how much I liked it, despite that. Mm. Uh, it's not going in the Hanks Bank for me. I didn't like it as much as you did. Um... So obviously it's not going in my Hanks bank. However, the fact that we gave it almost exactly the same score. Uh, I gave it a two, you gave it a three. That is sure. markedly different. That is a 20% difference. Thank uh, you very yeah, much. Maths A-level! Jamie got a degree. Yeah. Um, so, but I also think we are coming close to a time. Again, so we're, next week we are reviewing um, Splash, which you have hyped up quite a lot as no, 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 you, I, you think I it's think good. It's, I think it's going to be the first one where we're like, Oh, this is a... Yeah. You've heard it's good. Yeah, yeah. But I also think, just looking forward as an IMDb, we are coming out of... We're, I think after Splash, stage. he stars in most of the things he's in yeah. for a while. And after that, anytime he's not starring in something, it's because he's already sure. famous yeah. and he's the he's, cameo he's, because yeah. he's Tom Hanks. Um, so I think we are... We're emerging sure. out of the tunnel. Uh, there is... Of the bad turning. There Hanks. is something, though... Um, that, that has been in my mind, Jeremy. The question is, what would Tom Hanks uh, in this TV show do? Uh, because obviously he's a very complicated uh, character. He is. He has a lot of things that he he might do or might not do. So let's uh, let's say let's say for instance, uh, Tom Hanks in this show uh, 
had a kid going to about to go to uh, the University of California, where there was recently the big scandal about people paying to get their way in. Do you think the character would pay to get their way in? Do you think he would violently tear down the system? What do you think? Do you think he'd get drunk and shop on the opening day and just pee on the floor of all their toilets, Jamie? What do you think he'd do? What would they do? I'm just not doing it this week. I'm not. So last week, I managed to come up with something nice and fun and pithy immediately. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I said I'd, I'd probably have him stab me so I wouldn't have to do this that's, that's se- true. segment. That's true. It was a very fun, pithy answer, and it got us out of this segment you immediately. You know what he'd do? At the beginning of the show, he'd have thrown you some money. Later on, he would have stolen that money back from you. And afterwards, he would have stolen some more money from you and then peed on your floor. Cool. That was the correct um, answer, Jamie. You failed. You got a zero point. Can you write that okay. down? Zero. Okay, right. Um, zero. I've written down zero. I don't know why I wrote... I literally wrote down zero. I don't know why yeah. I did that. So I would like to say, um, I don't have uh, an apology letter. However, I would like to deliver an apology. Um, because, as we discussed, uh, episode four was released today. We were both listening to it. Um, and I realised I didn't react that badly to the segment the first no, time. No, no, no. I, I sort of gave like an answer um, and then you gave an answer and I thought your answer was funny. I I think I openly say in the episode, I think this could be a good segment. Um, you have and to then, believe. Jay. And then in the next episode for our listeners, what will happen is that will happen. I'll express like an okay amount of uh, liking for this segment. <laughs> And then in the next episode, when it comes up, I just start screaming no. So I would like to apologise, not to you, Al, because wow. I because wow. I do think it's a bad segment. Wow. Um, go away, wow. Aaron Wilson. Um, because I do think it's a bad segment, and uh, I don't like that you bring it up every time. Um, but I would like to apologise to our audience members, because they have received a nonsensical uh, sequence of events. Um, and... I would like to explain that basically what happened was after that episode got recorded, I just really complained that my answer wasn't that funny. And, and just slowly it's, I got uh, more and more angry that you sprung something on me where I showed sure, I wasn't sure. funny. Yeah. It's two things. It's one, uh, that Jamie's comedy philosophy, it's not so much yes and, but no but. Uh, <laughs> and uh, two, because like with all great geniuses who go out Genie there... I. Well, you know, multiple geniuses <laughs> uh, will go out there and they will uh, forge ahead. Uh, they will create new paths. They will define the road in front of them. And people will go, oh, you monster. It's too, it's too radical. It's too radical. Jamie, uh, this thing I like to call improvised comedy, it's going to come back in a real big way, okay? <laughs> We're going to go ahead. I reckon it's going to be a thing. Everyone in Hollywood's going to be doing this in the year 2020. It'd be great. Al, we are too... Middle class white guys shitting on bad television and movies They're on not a podcast. All bad. There They're is nothing about what we do ones. that we is radical. Two good things, Jamie. Um, I know. I, I, know, I know. I know you're a little bit down about this segment. I signed your scripts because I I wanted it to motivate you. I want you friends to put it up on your wall. Uh, do you want to read the wee annotation for it? Yes, okay, so you've signed the, the script, An Apology, A Short Radio, played by ADC Gillespie. You've written ADG Gillespie because you can't spell your own fucking name. It's a C, it's a C, no, Jamie. it's very clearly a oh, G. you can't read. And then you've I underlined guess all those it. those A-levels don't allow you to read. Then you've underlined it and you said, keep dreaming, kiddo. W-W-T-H-D-I-T, which is, what would Tom Hanks do in this? Yeah. Now, I would also like to express an extreme annoyance with you because... 
both in that sentence there and when I was just about trying to make a joke about how we're two white guys, nothing we're doing is radical. You have this common thing where I'm so clearly doing a bit, saying a joke, building to a punchline, which you had a go at me earlier for not having any punchlines because, oh, you thought all the funny line or whatever you call it, the laugh line. And no, no. And you just interrupt like you were just about to do again so that the whole fucking joke collapses in on itself because you've heard one little detail in my premise that you think is incorrect and you have to tear apart completely ruining any kind of fucking momentum that I was developing you may now speak do you want to do you want to finish that joke no, I finished it. I piled through. <laughs> what the audience will have heard was two men screaming over each other until I got to the word radical. Sounds like it's uh, quite funny. You sure you don't want to like try again? I can just, I can just no. I can just. Uh, I'll just be quiet. No, you know what I'm sad about? It's Thursday. We have to do this again in three fucking days. <laughs> you were. Uh... How about we, we get you a little, a little card which says, uh, I'm telling a joke, and I will see that card, and I will just, like, not say anything. No, because then you'll take that as an opportunity to never say anything. That's you'll true. just, you do these visual bits where you're looking at me saying, oh, I'm not going to say anything, but our audience can't tell that you're doing that, so That's it's true. an entirely me-based visual so, bit. So... So how become like a code word? You could say like you could say like uh, you could say Hanks, Tom Hanks, maybe like a, or another name. Um, like <laughs> I don't like, think we can use the word Tom Hanks as a code okay, word on okay, this show. Okay, so how about how about we use the word? Um, okay, we can't use historical context. That makes too much sense here. We can't use show context. That doesn't work either. Well, I use, the only use one... word I'm about I'm about to make a bank. I'm about to give it a wee bank. No? Okay. What about, what about, uh, we could say, I know what Tom Hanks would do. He'd shut the fuck up, Al. How about that? No? Okay. Why don't we say, why don't we say, I support each other. And because you support I me. support each we, other. We support each other. And because you support me, you will shut the fuck up right now. And you say that every time before you want to make a joke. So I know not to interrupt this one. I am okay. sorry. What um, about, okay, what, what, we'll, about, no, what no, about, no, 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 we'll either go for that or... You will just learn how jokes work and notice when sure. they're coming. Um, Jamie, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure if you've uh, recognised this by now, but I I spent uh, a good ten minutes at the beginning of the show uh, building a tire joke around the fact that a Nazi war criminal was arrested on the same day as this show episode went out. Yeah, but so I, maybe I, that's I, not I found, my that, I found that quite fun. You sold it on performance alone, and you know what? If we're, we've learned anything from the first seven episodes of this stupid show and these lovely performances by Tom Hanks, is that you can take terrible concepts and terrible writing such as describing a nazi war criminal and if you do it with just a little bit panache and a little bit of a funny voice and maybe fall over every now and then it can be called comedy and if that's not what tom hanks wanted for us i don't know and oh my god I've so clearly wrapped up that bit. If you start whispering into that mic again, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> that was a very clear full stop to that bit because, God damn it, we've been recording for about an hour and ten minutes. So, Jamie, uh, just before we finish then, uh, yep. what do you think redeems humanity? So if this episode oh didn't, what do you think saves the human race?
What, what's your what's your one bit of happy news from the week? You can't just introduce a huge concept. Wanna, like, like, it's very clearly something that you want to be a segment, which I'm fine with. Like, you were very clearly trying to introduce a segment, but... You know, if you're introducing a segment, make it clear rather than just out of nowhere being like, hey, Jamie, by the way, what redeems humanity? Just like, oh, just random thoughts. So if if the aliens were like, look, where's our content? And uh, we went, look, this one wasn't the one. Let us get you something else. I would, for instance, say that this week I found out, uh, A, that Tom Hanks is playing Mr. Rogers in a film about Mr. Rogers. Uh, and I know Colin Hanks has separately played him in, I think, Drunk History or something else. And that's one bit. And my second bit of non-Tom Hanks-related humans are being redeemed is that the Cats movie, which is coming out with by Tom Hooper, starring Ian McKellen and Taylor Swift, because that's a great combination, is uh, using motion capture to shrink them down and put fur on their face rather than wearing those weird costumes. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be good, but I think it will be enjoyable to look at the gifts of that film. So, yeah, those are what I think is going to save humanity. What about you? Um, I think the £540 that I won in a pub quiz, that's that's honestly, it's all I've thought about all week, to be honest, Al. It's it's arguably the greatest thing to happen ever. Um, I mean, mean, yeah, sure, why not? (laughs) So that's... To, to the whole oh. human race or to you? Or, oh, no, no, no. The whole all, human race. Or whole human race. It's, okay, well... It is the greatest event in human history. Maybe this should be the last episode then, because we fixed it. We don't need Tom Hanks when we have you winning this thing. It's great. Are you looking for an out? No, I'm not looking for an out. <laughs> I wasn't just screamed at for five straight. Uh, and uh, with that, I guess... No, no, no. You no, can we, find us on... Yeah. Okay. Uh, Twitter yeah. on Twitter uh, at Hanks Bank Pod uh, Jamie P Loxton for me Al underscore C's underscore stuff I really I, I'm, I'm willing you to change that so I don't have to say that underscore every single time yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, clumsy you can follow us obviously on Apple Podcasts on Stitcher yeah. on Spotify greatest reviewers all that rubbish please do go to your friend's phone steal their phones yep. download it then throw that phone off a bridge when the police find it make sure that you get the police to also subscribe don't steal stuff stealing is bad that's what we've learned from this episode don't steal from people but stealing if you do bad. steal four million dollars and then just agree to give it back and you probably that, won't get any true. jail time. And also, respect your friend's jokes. Don't make them feel bad. You know, when your friend's making a joke, respect the sanctity of the giggle. And so, we come to our final segment, which is figuring out what our sign-off is. I think uh, I know what my sign-off is. <laughs> so, we've, we've had you do um, a couple times the... Uh, and with that, good night. But I would not like to... Um, you know, make our listeners uncomfortable if they're not listening at night. They might be listening in the morning. They could be listening in the afternoon. Those are the three times of day. Um, That's true. We know it can't be Hanks for listening, as we suggested last week, because that is You're going to have to beep t- it out again. You're going to have to beep I, it out. I didn't beep it out last time. <laughs> you still have time. <laughs> no, I don't want to. It's extra editing for okay, me. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, people to forget, Jamie, you make random sounds and okay, forget so what you said. Suggestion for this segment is... Sign-offs? Fun sign-offs? Yeah, yeah, fun sign-offs. Each week, just we alternate and we come up with a new one. Okay. You did it last week. I don't know why I'm putting that pressure on myself. Am I to review it afterwards or we're just going to end on it? Like, just just cold end. You're going to say it? So... have like 30 seconds. Because you know, you know, you sometimes struggle on this improv pressure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. no, 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 don't worry. I'm not thinking at the moment. I genuinely okay. am not and I should be. Um, but, so we could... 
in another opportunity to always refer to our previous episodes for content, Please. begin the next episode with, with a, a review of the sign-off of the I, previous episode. I think it's good. I want to do two things. Okay. Uh, we're each going to write down very quickly, good for our listeners, uh, the sign-offs, and the other one is going to say the, the other person's sign-off. How about that? Okay, fine. Um, right. I've got paper here. I haven't got a pen. Sure. So, uh, so you, you can write first, and I'll vamp okay. while you're writing down. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, guys, it's important to respect friendships, to talk openly about them, and to let them grow. Uh, there is a note from a stranger posted to a mailbox nearby, nearby right, me which says friendship <laughs> fluctuates and sometimes it fluctuates in the episode of the podcast you're recording yeah I'm really wary that I think this is significantly our longest episode now oh probably um, which I, you know what I don't want to become one of those three hour podcasts because this is this is hard enough as it is I have to do this three times this week. If I had to commit nine hours to okay. screaming at you, sure. I, sure. I, just, I don't can think I, I could do it. Can, I, can we just confirm? Yeah. Uh, after someone reads the second one, we just cut yeah, to we're just gonna That's end. the end of the episode. Yeah, okay? yeah, so yeah. We're going to pass it across. Um, yeah. Who's going to go first? You can go first. Sure. Um, my handwriting is terrible. I don't know if you can read it. Oh. And for that, we outski. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Ugh. Oh. Hands back.